All right, on today's episode of Locked On Avalanche, after a unsuccessful three-game road trip, is it time for the Avalanche to switch things up with their lines? We'll get to that. And we know it's only December, but is Kale McCarr the early heart favorite? The Athletic thinks so, and I think two hosts here think so as well. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Baselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan, thank you for tuning in, making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on X, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And make sure you are subscribed to our subtext as well. Link to that is in the show notes below. When you do, you become one of our very special insiders. Chat with Kyle and I one-on-one, -on -one, and we get your thoughts and opinions on uh, whatever we're discussing with uh, Avalanche Nation, like we will do today. Um, all right, if you're on YouTube, you can see the rundown. We'll get to the Kale McCarr talk uh, in a little bit. The Athletic put up something about the favorites for the trophies right now. Kale McCarr was their, is their leader right now for the Hart and the Norris. Uh, so we'll discuss that in a little bit. If you see that bullet that says, do fans live too much in the present, uh, we'll explain, but it's kind of self-explanatory. We'll kind of explain why we're going to discuss that when we get to it. But where we're going to start, Kyle, is right up at the top, and that is, is it time to switch up the lines? The Avalanche, you know, didn't, didn't do so hot in that three-game little road trip out west, two points, both in overtime, um, and then, you know, the game against the Kings. So is now the time you're going, you got the day off on Monday, Tuesdays against Anaheim. Is that a good time considering the opponent too? I think maybe you take that into play. I'm not trying to slight Anaheim here. And I know that they just beat you, but it's not like they rolled over you. They needed, you know, an extra frame to do that. Um, you, you, you go up against Anaheim and you feel that you really should beat this team. And I know that they're better than last year, but still, like you should beat this team. So having said that, is now the time to maybe mess around with the lines when you're going up against a team that you really should beat? Or are you looking at it as like, hey, like, no, keep the keep the band together because you haven't, you know, the, the last three games have been unsuccessful and you, you got to, you know, keep your your core guys together to make sure you just get a win right now. Now is not the time to mess around with that stuff. Where do you stand on this? Oh, I love this, Chris. I really do. This is a fantastic question. And I honestly, I I don't understand why you would. I, like, I, I don't know where you sit on this side of the debate, mm -hmm. but you're, you're talking about a team that you should beat. Oh, you mean like Arizona? Or you mean like St. Louis? Does 8-2 to two sound familiar? Mm -hmm. A team you should beat? So what what are we gaining here? Let let's be real. Like we're all adults here. Mm. What are what are we gaining by swapping things up? I've seen the comment. Why don't we split up Nate and Miko? I ask you why. You had an unsuccessful three game road trip. Mm -hmm. Why in the world? And 
let's all travel back in our beautiful little TARDIS type time machine. And let's remember the last losing streak where the Avalanche looked like they couldn't win a game if they tried. And what what good did swapping up the lines then do? Let's ask Tomas Tatar how that works out for him. Let's ask Jonathan Drew in. He has visited every line except on defense. <laughs> so right. where do you find success by doing that? Like, think, like when the Avalanche were winning games, we yeah. were praising line one. It was line two for some fans. That's my favorite line. Line three, that's my favorite. But, oh, don't forget about line four. Mm-hmm. It's When things are working, everything is fine as it is. But breaking it up, you say it's a game that you should win, but why are the Avalanche going to make it harder on themselves by swapping everything up and making everybody try and learn new habits with new players? So sometimes, you know, when you when you switch up lines, it's for many reasons, right? Sometimes it's just matchup based. Uh, if you're going up against a team, that, that's kind of like what you're you're looking at the matchups. Hey, I like this matchup, then this line better, so I'm going to change it. For I mean, but that's not why we're talking about it right now. Right now, it's it's like getting things going. And that's another reason why you do it is to, you know, if, if, if a guy is is struggling a little bit, you know, it's not always you move them down. Sometimes you move them up to play yeah. with better players to get them going. Um, and it sounds a little bit kind of backwards, but I, I'm okay with maybe switching up the lines when you're playing well. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because there's going to be some guys on your team that, if you're playing well, you, you, there's going to be some guys that that are not as playing as well as as the rest of the team that's like flowing. So you you maybe bring Miko down to the second line to try to infuse what is going well for him into that line. Right now, the top line is struggling a little bit with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. They're both in a little bit of a goal funk right now. So my question to uh, not to you, I guess to the audience is: Is breaking them up going to benefit them? I don't think so because no. they, they play off each other the best. They give the other guy the best opportunity to score. So I don't really do it right now because for that reason, because they will get each other going. Moving them to another line. I don't think we'll get like it, there's a possibility that they could get moving to another line. Somebody on that line could get them going, but who's it going to be? Your, your second line is struggling as much as the first line. So why move them down to a, a line that is also struggling? You're, if you were moving, the third line is, is rolling right now. Mm-hmm. Are you moving Nathan McKinnon or, or Miko Rantanen down to the third line? Not in a million years. So okay. they just have to fight through. They're, they're better than what they're, performing now in terms of goal scoring so you just have to see it through you keep them together if there was somebody on the second line that was rolling you move them down there and maybe whoever's on the second line can infuse them with you know whatever you know as as well as they would be playing but they're not doing it either and uh, you mentioned when things are going well is when you play around the lines it's kind of like a reward like hey you've been hot let's see what you do at the top spot but the Avalanche mm-hmm. also have their hands tied when it comes. You're not dropping Nathan McKinnon to line two because mm-hmm. that's a headline. You're also not dropping Miko Rantanen to line two or three because he, if you look at the stats, he's where the goals come from. Whether scoring or assisting, the points come from Miko Rantanen. So right. why are you rewarding Nathan McKinnon for his bad behavior and bad effort? 
keeping him on the top line and saying, thanks for everything, Miko, but we're putting you down here. Who are you putting up there? Who is your hot? Who gets the reward for going to the top line? And Logan O'Connor, <laughs> which well, he's played on the top line before. Yes. The, <clears throat> the only players that need to be rewarded from this trip to California mm-hmm. would be the defense, because that's where you got your scoring against Anaheim and Los Angeles. And guess what? They're not forwards. They're not supposed to be getting your scoring. All four lines did not work at all mm. on that trip. So nobody gets rewarded. Nobody gets up. Nobody gets down. Everybody stays where you are. And you sit there and you say, do your gerb. Yeah. Um, I mean, Miko has gone down to the second line. There, there has been times where that has happened, but they've been a much healthier team mm-hmm. when that's happened. You know, Gabe Landeskog is there. Look, look at look at the law what the loss oh, yeah. of Arturi Lekkonen is doing oh I mean th- this makes it a, a struggle if you got him in there you can get a little bit more creative right now um over on subtext this is uh coming from Vargar I believe this is from Vargar yeah um he's this this is what he would try this is <laughs> this is getting a little wacky here uh Nachuskin, Colton and Miko on the top line sign me up uh, Wood, McKinnon, and LOC on the second line. Druen, Johansson, and Cogliano on the third line. Kiviranta, Olafson, and Tufty on the fourth line. So he's getting rid of. Oh no, he's got Cogliano there. I'm sorry. Um, I don't, like, I'm, not, I'm not making Cole in my top line center. That is Nathan McKinnon's until he retires. Like it, it, you, you are not paying Nathan McKinnon. $12.6 million to be your second line center. That's if you want to do that for a game. If you want to try it for a game, if you want to try it for a period, go ahead. Don't get used to that. I'm okay with some of those things that he threw in there and some wrinkles and stuff like that. But and I know he's not the biggest Nathan McKinnon fan, so maybe that's why he threw them, he threw him down there. But Nathan McKinnon is not going to be a second line center in this league or any other. If everyone was paid. The exact same amount of money. This okay. would be the <laughs> ideal, perfect yeah. line. Like just thinking of the synergy between those lines and what those lines could work off. I, I just I love that roster construction. But again, it's like I mentioned, it's one of the problems the Avalanche have. You're you're really stuck with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton on that top line while wow. things are not working because it's who are you putting with them to get them going? Right. Right, because who you're putting them with is not going themselves. No. So that's why if you had Lekkanen down there, if, if Landeskog was here and oh. Lekkanen was on the second line, you can move that like you have more options. Right now, you do, maybe he does it. He might do it for and, – and, we, and we've seen Jared Bender do this. He'll do it for a period or a couple shifts. But for the course of a game, I, I don't think you're going to have Miko Rantanen and, and Nathan McKinnon separated. Um, for an extended amount of time. Um, Easton says, I think you have to break up Mac and Miko. They seem just to be coasting. Give them the responsibility of being the best player on uh, lines one and two. Our second line has less points than the Sharks' second line does. Wow. I, oof. If that's true, which I have no reason to believe he's lying to me, that's that's brutal. Um, I think moving Tatar to line one with Nuke and McKinnon would help uh, and then letting Druen dishing to Raijo and Miko could get some more assists rolling. Um, he gives a prediction for the Ducks, by the way, which is uh, five to two in favor of the Az. He thinks we bury him. 
Yeah, I, I get that thinking. I, I mm-hmm. break them up to try to get them going. Uh, but it kind of goes back to what kind of I've been saying. Like, I, I'm not comfortable putting them with anybody else right now because everybody else is, at least for over the course of the last couple of games, because Ryan Johansson before this East Coast trip was doing okay. And he seemed to go into it. So all these guys just seem to go into a, a just a little bit of funk right now on this trip. And should we be panicking and overreacting right now and wanting to break up the lines or just saying like, we just went on a really good run. And if it wasn't for that, that uh, Nashville game would have had an eight game winning streak. Or should, should we panic and just switch up the lines or should we just have faith that, you know, guys like Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen can figure this out because they've been playing long enough and give them the opportunity to do that. Maybe just a few more games. If you can't get Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen to score a goal together, what in the world do you think you're going to get Miko Rantanen and Ryan Johansson to create some kind of magic? Like Super yeah, Mario cool. and Yarmir Yager figured it out. Like, why mm-hmm. can't they? Absolutely. Yeah, those are your guns. Those are your guns. So you you stick to again, I'm not against maybe just uh, here and there, maybe, you know, double shift in one of them. So they play with the second line. Um We'll see. This is the, this is the stuff that I love talking about. Mm. Though. I, I got it, and I'm not like you know coming down on on Vargar and Houston because I get the I get that thinking. Yeah. So it's it's you know this is why coaching coaches get paid the the big money and then when they're wrong they get fired. <laughs> but nobody's wrong. We're, we're not firing Jared Bednar by the way. Just please. Stop. Yeah. That that was a joke. People, come on. Nobody's wrong because the Avalanche haven't won a game since November. So, <laughs> oh God, where they are. All right. So having said that, uh, we focus a lot on the forwards right now. Let's talk about the defense and one player in particular, and that is Bo Byram. It's been exciting, uh, a career so far for Byram, uh, with the abs, but are things starting to turn for him in the eye of public opinion and that public opinion being avalanche fans? Uh, we're going to discuss that. Sorry. Get a hair out of my mouth. Uh, we'll discuss that coming up next. But first, indeed, and when you are drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, then you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed, find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment that they sponsor a job. And Indeed knows when you're growing your own business. You have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application price not available for everyone. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, let's jump over to the defensive side, specifically Bo Byram, because... uh, like I said before the break, it's, it's it's been a roller coaster of a ride for Bo Byram for his entire career with the Avs. We had some really really good moments, especially in that Cup run. Uh, he, he I think he had the most minutes played in, in the Stanley Cup Final against Tampa, uh, or average minutes. 
on the defensive end anyway. Um, and there's been some growing pains and there's been injuries. It's just been, it's almost like he's had a full career in just yeah. these few years. Right. So with this year started off slow and I, I'm completely fine with that. Players start off a, a, a season slow and it seemed like he broke out of it recently within the last few weeks. And then now what's happening as of more recent is penalties and he's just every type of penalty you can think of he's committing them um and you're seeing online what we've seen over the past few years with with sam gerard um and now that sammy g is is not with the team right now obviously we talked about that last week a couple weeks ago um it seems Oh, I think you just froze. And you know what? While while you're holding on that thought, it goes back. You mentioned Sam Gerard. It, it it's like Who's Bo me? Byram. There, there, you're you're back. Right. It's it it's Bo Byram, Sam Gerard, yeah, EJ, Nikita Zadorov. <laughs> like, well, they center on one player, and yes. everything that goes wrong is this defenseman right here. This is the problem. When yeah. you get rid of him, this team will be fine. Right, 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 right. Where why? Like, why do we do that? Yeah, you know, like, so, so what? Like, before Arnold Schwarzenegger came in and froze me, <laughs> um, that's where I was going with it. Like, have we have have the, the that subset of Avalanche fans that were just on Sam Gerrard beyond if he made a bad play? It's just you know, just everything the guy does is horrible. That seems to have now shifted over to Bo Byram unfairly if you ask me why do it, we do this what exactly what you just said is 100 percent true if if you know we don't play this guy or we get rid of this guy all our problems are solved if if gabe landeskog was here all our problems are solved it doesn't work that way like so so why why are why do we do that it's with bo byram specifically he seen you know we always have the the title of like whipping boy and it seems like he is that guy right now. If you want to get, you know, uh, have the discussion on a specific play here or there where, you know, he he messed up or he even had a bad game or he had a bad period, we can have that conversation. But people are now taking it to that Sam Gerard level of trade trade deadline is in a couple months and Bo Byram's on the block, and it's like not like. Let me should we let be me, talking about like I, I don't know like it just kind of really just irks me sometimes when 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 we just go to these extremes in the fandom. You know what also really just makes me smile like the Grinch smile like where it just keeps on going and like his eyebrows even kind of go into that smile. Mm-hmm. Why why are we going after Bo Byram and Jack Johnson is in the lineup every single night? I'll say you know what man like I get the. It, I think Jack Johnson's been oh, just been okay this year. I think he's been just fine. And you I know get what? what you're saying. I don't. I still don't think he fits on this team. But he's he's. I'm not getting mad at him every night. Well, Say that. That's the thing. What do you want for for your Avalanche players? Do you want them to be noticeable, both positive and negative? Mm-hmm. Because that's Bo Byram. Do you want Jack Johnson? Where you? I just said his name, and I think that's the first time his name has been uttered on this podcast in at least a month. In a while, <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to be invisible? Do you want your players to be invisible? 
Like Jack Johnson has four points. Bo has eight. Mm-hmm. And that's with the two goals that he scored against Anaheim. So, but what, why what... do we like? Okay, he's committed penalty. Obviously, we don't want that. You don't want that. But why is the answer he stinks and get rid of him? Why isn't the answer he's the fourth number, fourth overall draft pick, and he's he's what twenty two years old? Uh, he's still learning. He's still growing, and he he's a, a talent. The ceiling is is through the roof. So we just give up on guys so quickly. There's always got to be that one guy that we don't want around. For some reason right now, it's Bill Byron because he committed some stupid penalties. I don't go to that extreme when the guy like, yeah, I don't want him to commit those penalties. I don't want you got to be a little bit more cautious. A lot of them were uh, delay of games, which are just, you know, I, I get all that. But again, like, and this goes to the question that I have up on the screen is like, do we live too much in the present when it comes to sports? Hmm. And because when when things are going well for the Avalanche, it's and even just actually you can just say when things are going well for filling team here, um, every everything is fine. Uh, the minute they lose a game, it's you know everybody wants to come down on them, and. I always, I always do this with sports. I always take a bird's eye view and take things in in totality as far as the season goes. We can talk about how the Avalanche had a, a really bad road trip, but it's just that road trip. That's it. It doesn't go beyond that. And we're not gonna like we're not gonna give this team more a, a, a chance to come back and atone for those losses and play better than those losses. They don't deserve that. Are we just gonna go to they're terrible and that three game road trip sums up what this team is you haven't been watching this team and you haven't been watching sports long if you really feel that way you know what let's take your eagle eye view at the world of sports if you were let's talk about colorado buffaloes i have that in my notes dude yeah like I have it in my notes. Is bring you know what? Up. we should do a podcast together we share the same <laughs> mind no you start out the season thousand high? thousand percent hey denver broncos it was a pathetic start to the season you win five in a row you lose a game everything we're back to terrible denver nuggets you've been kind of the laughing stock since forever forever you win a title and now you're the best team ever look at the avalanche if you became a fan in 2016 2017 this season that you're watching right now this is nice this is something you can work with. 2016, 2017, 17, 18. Those are some rough years. Mm-hmm. Some really sparse talent. Need I remind you of the Borks, the non-related Borks. Mm-hmm. Like it, you got to just write it out. And we could go back to the St. Louis Blues were dead last at Christmas. Blah, 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 blah. Like, come on. That like, was an anomaly. I mean, great run, but that that doesn't happen, right? It's yeah, it's the world of sports. Write it out. Just we're in December for goodness sake. Right. I mean, if you, if you just went to uh, X or, or Instagram or uh, where, what's the, what's the other one, the threads that they have. And you just went through and looked at like some comments. um, And I didn't show you where the Colorado avalanche were in the standings. You would think that they were dead last and they are in first place in their division. Still sure. Dallas has a game in hand, but we're just going on, on points. We 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 are just catastrophizing losses and catastrophizing a little bit of a bad stretch. 
This is an 82 game season, people. 82 game. You are going to have ebbs and flows in a season. And good lord, like we, we've seen it so many times, especially if you want to keep it with the Avalanche, we'll keep it on the Avalanche. They do this all the time. And this is a better start to the season that they had the year that they won the cup. And we're making it out to be like, oh, they had a bad three-game stretch in California and Arizona. Sell the team. Uh, and I know it's a small subset, but they're they're louder than than the rest of the people who kind of just go along with the flow and watch the games and take it in totality. If we want to if if the worst thing happens to the Avalanche this year at the end of the season is that they miss the playoffs, you know what kind of episodes we're going to have because yeah. that is not meeting expectations at all. And then we can have that conversation. Why are we having that conversation on December 4th when we're recording this episode? Why? Just a couple of weeks removed from beating our chest after the Dallas game and saying, this is, this is how you're supposed to look. The Calgary game, you're like, oh, that's a that was a sloppy but good effort. But this team is good. The Avs have finally figured it out. And now we're ready to sell them back to Quebec. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in just under a week, that, yeah. that all happened. It happens. You, you can have a, have a 10-game winning streak, and then you lose to Chicago. It can happen. It doesn't mean you've lost the mojo. It's just, I always say this, the other team is trying to. You can't look at it through blinders and just in one sided. You can't remember when we used to laugh at the sharks. Now look at them. Yeah, they're on a roll right now. Like, and again, that's the flip side of it. You really think that's going to continue? No, but they're trying. They're not like those guys got to earn a paycheck too. And they're also playing for their next paycheck, which might not be with San Jose. So it's, I mean, I I know that the people out there, they're loud. Um, They, they have, they have their opinion. If you want your opinion, that's fine. I don't agree with it. I know you don't agree with it, and I think most Avalanche fans wouldn't agree with it, but to, to go down the road of some of the things that I read or, and that are sent to our, our show account are just like, man, like, slow down, slow down. We can have what you're talking about specifically later on if it comes true. Hasn't come true yet. Came true for two or three games in an 82-game season. I've been here since they adopted the logo. And mm-hmm. I've I've seen it all. Just right. be patient. Right, right. All right. Uh, and one of the reasons why we shouldn't be, you know, going to these extremes is because of one, Mr. Kale McCarr. The Athletic uh, came out with a uh, kind of keep track of who they think is leading for a lot of the awards. Kale McCarr is up there for a couple of them. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next. Right now, we're going to talk about Game Time and the Game Time app. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer last minute deals, all in pricing, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Some of the things that we love about the Game Time experience are those last minute flash deals, and they have zone deals as well. Uh, the view from your seats is something that we talk about all the time when we were mentioning game time. The way they integrate it into the app is seamless and it's perfect. Cannot beat it. So uh, game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even out an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute deals. So da- download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. 
Terms apply. Once again, create an account, redeem the code locked on NHL, L O C K E D O N NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, Mr. Cam McCarr was the second star of the month in November. I'm not going to go down the road of uh, arguing that I feel like he should have been uh, the the first star, which went to Nikita Kucherov. Had an excellent month, obviously. Uh, that's a debate for another time. But say second for the month, nothing to sneeze at. Um, and right now, the Athletic and uh, Dom Lachuskin, who has all of these crazy formulas that he puts out for ranking teams and ranking players, it's just. The guy's like a mathematical genius when it comes to hockey and stats. Um, he put up, uh, I think it's the first one of the year, but and they're going to be coming out. I don't know if it's every month or every week or however he's going to do it. Um, kind of where the numbers put players in terms of awards. And he's got Kale McCarr at the top of the Norris and the Hart. And just as a little aside here, not only does he have Kale McCarr as number one, for the Norris in the heart. He has Quinn Hughes as number two for the Norris in the heart. And I get that like for the Norris, that's fine. But for the heart, you have to love. See, I, I I don't, I don't Quinn Hughes. I don't think Quinn Hughes is going to be there. He's having a great year. Yeah. I want, this is how we're talking about last segment. Kyle. Let's wait. Let's see how everything plays out because can Quinn Hughes keep that up for a full season remains to be seen. I get why you want to put him up there right now, but we'll see how things are in April. But for right now, yes, he's up there. And I just I just love seeing two defensemen at the top of the heart list. Because for whatever reason, defensemen just seem to be like in forwards are like you know, quarterbacks when went for MVPs. Forwards have just taken this thing forever. And defensemen, it's almost like, well, they have their own award. So we we don't really lump them into heart discussion so having two of them in the heart discussion right now just kind of really makes me smile and i love that this conversation is coming out now kale mccarr he's on pace for historical season but where is kale mccarr right now he's day-to-day he's hurt so if you would like the heart what was the last time an avalanche member was in the running for the heart Mm -hmm. Hmm, that'd be uh nathan mckinnon and mm-hmm. what was the thing holding him back from winning that heart trophy? Um, there was well, that... which year? Which year are you talking about? Because there was well, a couple. Both. Of them. And both stretches, it was because he was injured. If he would have had a full season or more time logged, it would have been his running away. Mm-hmm. If yeah. it, it, I have a feeling, depending on how this day-to-day thing works and how much more time down the road we're going to be missing Mr. Number 8, the great, the next great eight, he has yeah. to stay on the ice. Like if I know we could talk projections sure, sure. and historic and how incredible he is, but you have to be on the ice. And like, this mm-hmm. is the time where you need to start doing it to get this. Like, yes, this article coming out and putting him at number one is great. But right now you can watch Quinn Hughes do that. And you can't watch Kale McCarr do that. And then you're watching your team losing three in a row. Right. If yeah, you want, to, it, it, if you want to be hurt, you gotta, you gotta be in the game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, if if you're if you're missing significant time, then but but the thing is, last year McCarr missed a good chunk of games. and was still finalist for the Norris. Yeah. So which was which was surprising when they announced those fi- the final three. That was surprising that he was in there. Hart's a different animal. 
part is you, you got to have all of those things lined up to, to be the, the league MVP. And we didn't think Makar was going to win the Norris last year. I think it was just a miracle that he was. And I think if he played a full season, maybe missed a, you know, a few games here and there, very likely could have won it again. And I really think the games played really, you know, prevented that from happening. But for, for the heart, yeah, you got to have everything perfect especially, because you're league MVP. Especially for a defenseman. Especially for a defenseman. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy that they just don't get the notoriety for the heart. Uh, but this is kind of like a new kind of genre of, of defensemen right now. Like we've seen it over the last 10 years. Um, and I think you're just going to, you're going to see it happening more often now, especially with Kale McCarr having another, at least 10 years of his career, you know, yeah. probably longer. He's going to be in the mix for a long time. If he doesn't win it this year, we'll figure that out at the end. But I think, you know, he's, He's got to win one before his career. I think he's definitely going to win one. And it's just crazy. Chris Pronger, 28 years ago, was the last yeah. defenseman to win it. And yeah. this part, I didn't know. Like, I knew he was the last one to win it. But I didn't know that since then, there hasn't even been a defenseman nominated for one. It hasn't even been a defenseman in, in the mix for the final three. That is, is it's horrible. That's horrible. Well, you did the 2010s where you had to have your Zdeno Charas, your Nikita Zadorovs, like your your big, tall, lumbering, like the def the way you play defense changed, and then it mm -hmm. kind of went to that hybrid Tyson Berry type format. Yeah, where you had to be short and squatty, and then now now Kale McCarr is setting the standard on how you have defense. But Quentin, like we could say what you want, but Quinn Hughes is doing the same. Like yeah. you look yeah. at at Bo Byram. If he puts all the tools together, he could be following suit in this new style of defenseman that could play the game with hockey IQ and yep. score at like a forward. Yeah. They're, they're setting the standard, and Kale McCarr will be the first to win the heart as a defenseman, mm -hmm. but he's not going to be the last. No. As far as the rating goes, like the, he gives them a rating. Uh, McCarr's rating is 8.1. Quinn Hughes, like I said, is at number two. He's at six point nine, so it's nice. not even really that close right now. With he's got Makar way up, and then with the Norris, he's got Makar obviously at the top for the Norris. Uh, for the Norris, he's got him um, same thing eight point one to six point nine, um, and for the other ones, just quickly for the Selkie, uh, Nachuskin's in there at number eight. I don't think Nachuskin will ever win it, but he he'll, he'll get some votes. He's he's an excellent excellent defensive forward. Um, so he's up there. At least he's in the top 10. That's good to see. Interestingly enough, for the Calder, nobody's on the average going to win the Calder. Um, they got Brock Faber at number one. Connor Bedard, they have all the way down at number nine right now. Interesting. You, Interesting. Yeah. Um, we almost days uh, since Connor Bedard mentioned zero. Yeah. And then uh, for the Art Ross, Nathan McKinnon is at number three. Miko Rantanen is number seven, and the Rocket Richard Trophy. Uh, Miko Rantanen is at number three for that. So, which you expect those guys to be up there? You know, yeah. all all three of those guys to be kind of in the mix for specific trophies. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll keep an eye on that as the as the season goes on and see what the you know who wins these awards, how they match up with uh, the athletics predictions, and kind of uh, keeping track of it as the season goes along. So we're by uh, for that. 
I will admit my bias. I'm not really, you know, I, I feel like we kind of toe the line if the Avalanche do well, you know, we just said it with McCarr. Like we didn't think he was going to win the Norris last year. I didn't think he was going to be nominated. Uh, but for this, for this year, I will be 100% biased because I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see a defenseman win it, and I want it to be our guy and Cal McCarr because he's, we say it all the time, he's transcendent. And watch him win one before Nate. <laughs> right? Crazy. I, I don't, I've said it before. I don't, I think McKin- McKinnon's window has closed for it just because, not because he can't do it, but um, I think the ship has sailed. And now you have all these, these newbies coming in that are kind of taking the reins. And I, I, I think the, the shine is worn off of Nathan McKinnon as far as the heart goes. But you never know. You never know. I, I would absolutely root for it. Absolutely root for it. We'll see. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to discuss this game. Can the Avs get back? at the Anaheim Ducks. So uh, all that and whatever. Oh, well, I'll probably also talk about the salary cap. We kind of found out that the cap is going to go up by how much? A little over $4 million. What that means for the abs. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. For today, that is going to wrap it up. So thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Definitely always appreciated. So he is Mr. Shaggy Bondoom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!